I saw The Fast and the Furious this weekend. Which one? The original. It still holds up 20 years later. I have a theory that no great movies have been made since the iPhone. (laughs) All right. Are you ready, son? I'm ready to go. Welcome to Hard Compound, an American take on Formula One. We have a content-rich and a very special episode for you. All our big predictions for 2023. Our predictions for the teams, the drivers. Who will do better than expected, worse than expected? What will be the surprises? We are going to run through it all. Patrick, son, how are you doing this fine evening? I am doing pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we jump into it? Our predictions for the teams in 2023. Red Bull, despite the regulations, the new rules meant to encourage more overtaking, closer racing, coupled with the spending cap, deliver parity to the sport. Red Bull ran away with it. Max Verstappen ran away with it. Why don't we go through the teams? Who do you think will be the number one team in 2023? I think that we are going to see the reemergence of Mercedes come to the top again. Really? Now, they they had a very good car, but not until the end of the season. It was always extremely reliable. No issues there. But they had a lot of issues to start the season. The porpoising issue especially affected them worse, it seemed, than anyone else. But to their credit, they kept improving the car, got it better and better every race, it seemed. At least that was the trajectory. And they almost took second place. Not quite, though. So you think 2022 was just sort of a a quirk. Several years of dominance from Mercedes, then the quirk of 2022. Well, I mean, we had seen Red Bull get closer you know max obviously won the championship drivers championship in in 2021 and so obviously red bull was closer to mercedes than i think people anticipated them being and then this year in 2022 we saw them kind of run away with things they had a very fast car and ultimately it turned out to be one of the more reliable cars on track And that whole team just kind of ran the show, doing everything, strategy decisions, drivers, engineers, working on the car, everything worked out for them. And I think Mercedes had done that for eight years. And, you know, with new regulations, cost cap, all this stuff, they faltered a little bit. But it was pretty obvious to see that they... We're making a very strong comeback near the end of the season, finally winning a race at the end of the season. And I fully expect them, since they actually will have more development time this year than the likes of Red Bull and Ferrari, that they will find a way to get back to the top. I think Lewis and George are both, you know, two of the top drivers on the grid for next season. 
I think they find their way in that car quicker, especially Lewis. Yeah, I really don't see Mercedes not winning the constructors <laughs> next year. <laughs> Interesting. You know, a couple of things you touched on is development time. The new rules are such that the higher you finish, the less development time you have in the wind tunnel, for example, for the following year. That means Red Bull will have the least amount of time. Plus, I believe as part of their punishment for going over the spending cap, they're going to have even less than that. So that is a huge hit. Ferrari took second. They're going to have less time to develop their car than Mercedes. Plus, they've effectively fired their team principal. You know, baked into Ferrari is the drama. That's part of the appeal of Ferrari. It may not always be the fastest, but you always get the Italian soap opera. And that always is right there in Formula One. So that puts Mercedes in a very good position. I agree with you there. They got their car by the end of 2022, almost to the equal of Red Bull and Ferrari. Not quite, though. And they're going to have more time to develop and more consistency. So I think that definitely does play in their favor. And yet, I still think Red Bull wins it in 2022. I think people are underestimating what Red Bull has put together. In my opinion, this is a Hall of Fame, a legendary, a once-in-many-generations team. Christian Horner is among the very best team principals in F1 history. In my view, Adrian Newey, the technical director, is one of the best, essentially, car designers in F1 history. In my opinion, Max Verstappen is one of the best drivers in F1 history. And then the rest of the team is solid. The question marks around Red Bull are the founder, CEO of Red Bull, has died. Is there going to be any sort of chaos as he is replaced and the commitment to the team? The whole issue with the Honda power units and Red Bull taking that over. I think those will be quickly addressed. And I think Red Bull has one of the all-time great teams in Formula One history and will win again. But I do think Mercedes, for the reasons you mentioned, they're such a powerful team, great car, great pair of drivers in Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. So I have them coming in second. Yeah. So we're just flip-flopped on one, too, because <laughs> I have Red Bull, too. It's hard to decide because I think those are probably the clear favorites for next season. And, you know, if we're going just on just on one season, Red Bull has a lot of things going against them. Mercedes has a lot going for them. So I believe that Mercedes will overcome Red Bull. I think they have two stronger drivers than Red Bull does. And I think in the long run, that will help them. I mean, Max has done it before, but it's going to be really hard, I think, for him to sort of single-handedly fend off Lewis and George on a consistent basis. Right. That's a good point. I have... Ferrari in third place, I'm guessing you do as well? I do. That one was tough for me because they're so chaotic and Mattia Bonato stepped down. But, I mean, it's Ferrari. They kind of have to be decent, 
right? So I have them at three. Yeah, that was a good car this year. I mean, it was a few driver errors. People don't want to blame Charles for some of the errors he committed and a lot of strategy errors and some reliability issues with the car. So yeah, I'm similar. I have them at third. I think the fun part then is what do you have like in the middle, like the four, five, six? Yeah, I think this was kind of fun trying to figure this out. For me, I think a lot of it comes down to driver lineup, commitment from the team, and sort of the trajectory of the team in the last couple of seasons. But in four, I have McLaren. They should be good. I don't know why they weren't this year, (laughs) but I do have confidence in that team to design a car that is better than what they put out there this year. And I think they'll have two strong drivers. Obviously, we know Zach Brown brings in lots of sponsorship money and plenty of sponsors. I think they'll have no lack of resources at that team. So I'm expecting McLaren to do well and to pretty consistently fight with Ferrari. I don't think they'll be up with the top two, but I do think that they can compete with Ferrari. Nice. I have, I'm just going to run through my four, five, six. I have Alpine. They have the spicy French lineup next year of Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly. And that will be interesting, those driver battles. But I think that lineup and that car puts them fourth ahead again, as they did this year, ahead of McLaren. McLaren has a great lineup. I think Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri, if all we've heard about him and seen in Formula 2 are correct, that's a solid young lineup. So McLaren in fifth, and then Aston Martin sixth. It's going to be fun watching Fernando Alonso driving Aston Martin. But, you know, so far Aston has just been all talk. They don't really bring it. So I I have them sixth. That is fair. (laughs) I want to believe in Aston. I do think that Alonso can probably bring a lot to that team. A lot of knowledge and good feedback and how to set up a car and all that kind of stuff. Not that Seb didn't, but, you know, it's just something different, I think, that Alonso brings. And so I have them fifth behind McLaren. They're that team where you kind of don't know what you're going to get. You're like, you're putting a lot of money out there. You are sort of grinding away, doing the best that you can. And for what, like two seasons, it went really well under Stroll and then two seasons where it was kind of disappointing. So I'm not sure exactly what to expect, but I think with the resources where they've been able to to get to as a team in the past, I believe that they'll crack the top five. Nice. And then in six, I I have Alpine. Yeah. So we're pretty close in our predictions and for what matters, you have Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, and then mid-pack McLaren, Aston, Alpine. I've got Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, Alpine, McLaren, Aston. Now, seven through 10, my number seven is interesting. I have it as Haas. The reason I do is not because the car necessarily is going to be great, but 
when I look at the remaining teams, I think Haas has the best driver lineup. Nico Hulkenberg, Kevin Magnussen. I don't think any other team is as good. So I have Haas at seven. At eight, I have Alfa Romeo. They're solid, sort of Ferrari sister team. At nine, I have Alfa Tori. I think probably the weakest team in F1. It's Nick DeVry starting and Yuki Tsunoda. And I think that'll be his third season. I don't know why they were so poor this year, but that was a very poor car despite being the Red Bull sister team. And with a weak driver lineup, in my view, I have them ninth. And then the hapless Williams. Fun pairing, I think, Alex Albon and the American Logan Sargent. But that car has been bad for a generation, and I'm not expecting that to change. <laughs> I think that's fair. That's kind of interesting. I believe that Haas is just as hopeless as Williams is. <laughs> so I can't, in good conscience, put them all the way up at seven. This season was a fluke, in my opinion. <laughs> the fact that they scored any points this season was crazy. But for me, seven, I have Alfa Romeo. I think a fairly good driver lineup. I personally believe Botas Joe is probably better than Magnussen Hulkenberg. But that's just my opinion. And they will likely have Alfa Romeo should put out a better car than any of those other three teams. And they have over the past few seasons. Then I have Alfa Tori simply because if they're worse than both Haas and Williams, like just don't even try anymore. That should never happen. It almost did this. Actually, it did. They were worse than Haas this year. They were which is unbelievable. They'll be better than them next year. (laughs) (laughs) Even with, I agree, probably the worst driver lineup on the grid, DeVries and and Yuki. And then I have Haas, Williams, 9-10. Williams has just been so poor for so long that I can't see them getting any points. Well, that's not true. They should get some points, but I don't think they'll get any more than Haas will. So. Right, right. Over 23, I believe, 23 planned races, Yeah, you would think they would get some points. So you have Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Aston, Alpine, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tori, Haas, and Williams. I'm somewhat similar. Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, Alpine, McLaren, Aston, Haas. That's my big surprise. Then Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tori, and Williams, <laughs> a distant 10th. Excellent. Now, let's do the top 10 drivers. 11 through 20 don't really matter. So, top 10 drivers, I will start Max Verstappen. (laughs) You know, I've said this before. I've said it many times. I think he's the Michael Jordan of F1. We are witnessing a unique presence in F1 that we've not seen since Schumacher. And yes, I have not forgotten Alonzo or Hamilton or Sebastian Vettel. I think he is going to rewrite record books and our understanding of what F1 drivers can do. So I put Max at number one. I agree. I think Max is pretty much at this point the clear number one driver. He has been for several years now. He is younger than I am. And has two world championships to his name. <laughs> um, 
yeah, what he's been able to accomplish is impressive enough, you know, for his entire career. And he has a number of years left on that. So he has what we assume will be a very fast car, even if Ferrari and Mercedes surpass it somehow. And a teammate, Sergio Perez, willing to help him out, who won't steal many points from him, I don't think, unlike George and Lewis, unlike Carlos and Charles, for example. So speaking of which, my number two, George Russell. That's a bit of a surprise. I think that Mercedes will be not quite up to par with Red Bull, but close. And it will be fun watching George Russell, who actually got Mercedes' only win this year, who got more points than Lewis Hamilton this year. I think George Russell is going to take it, come in number two. And then, number three, I have Charles Leclerc. I think he's the best driver at Ferrari, despite the occasional blunder. And I think the Ferrari car will, despite all the turmoil happening around the paddock. And back in Italy, I think the car will be good. So I have Max, George, Charles. Hmm. That's interesting. We only have one change. I have Max Lewis Charles. I think Lewis will be dominant at Mercedes. I think he will wipe the floor with George this season. (laughs) He has far more experience. He's smarter. He's more strategic. I think he's more consistent. And I think like what you hear from him on the radio sounds very emotional, but I think that's like him playing things up for other teams to hear. Whereas George, I think, is not as calm as Lewis is in most situations. I think Lewis will figure out that car, has figured out that car, will be happy with it from the start, and will just dominate this season as a whole, simply because he'll have a better car than Max. But interteam wise, I think he far outgains George this season. Wow. So Max, Lewis, and Charles, you think. Okay. So we have drivers from three different teams. I think that makes for an exciting season so far. I have Max, George, Charles. You have Max, Lewis, Charles. Interesting. What about your four, five, six? Four, five, six. I have, (laughs) some of these might be controversial. I don't know. Four, I have Alonzo. He's still got it. I don't know how, but he's, you know, shown how good he can be. He's very aggressive. I think he just likes to battle and, you know, he'll give it everything he's got every single race and he's got the talent to back it up. I don't really see many other drivers on the grid that will be able to, in the same car, compete with Alonso. That said, five, I have Lando. I think he is one of the best young drivers on the grid. I think he's been very consistent over the last couple of seasons. And I think he is better than George Russell, but he's not a Mercedes man. (laughs) And he will never be a Mercedes man. He's too ridiculous and chaotic. George is that guy though. But yeah, I I like Lando. Yeah, George is, you know, he's a Bond villain. George Russell's the perfect Bond villain. (laughs) Yes, he is. And then my sixth, I have Ocon. He's, again, very consistent. I just think he kind of stays in his lane, does the job and does it well. 
he doesn't seem to get flustered at all. He doesn't take huge risks. He just kind of makes his way through the field and ends up in the absolute best position possible for his car. Nice. Those are wild predictions. So you have Max, Lewis, Charles in the top three, then Alonzo, Lando, Ocon. I cannot go along with those. (laughs) I think the new regulations, the aerodynamic emphasis on the car, the cost, the spending cap, I think these are radical changes that are going to make F1 radically more competitive over the years. I've said this before, Liberty Media, which owns F1, has adopted the NFL model, which tries to enforce parity through a number of methods, primarily spending, but through other methods as well, like the draft and scheduling, for example. I believe the spending cap and new regulations are going to have a radical impact on F1 We're going to have far more competitive teams, far more competitive races, far more equity. But I don't think that's really going to happen in a major way until the 2024 season. I think we still have like the top team still a bit ahead. That's why I had Max George Charles as my top three. And my four, five, six, I have Carlos Sainz, a solid driver in a great car. I then, not until number five, Do I have Lewis Hamilton? The Mercedes car, I think, will be better than the Ferrari. But I just think Lewis has lost the touch. You know, we can say Lewis was helping with testing or the porpoising affected him more. But first year, George Russell comes in, gets more points, gets the team's only win. I think that is a big tell. So I don't have Lewis until five. Then Sergio at six, the Red Bull car I'm expecting to be first or second. So Sergio will be in the mix. So even though I think eventually we're going to have much more competitive cars and races, my top six, as you can see, still all with the top three teams, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari. My seven through 10, that's where I think it does get a little interesting. So I have Alonzo at seven. I keep assuming this year Alonzo will lose a step, and he has yet to do that. He's still just as capable, just as fierce, just as determined, just as wily. And sadly enough, that Aston will likely be the best car he's had in a decade. (laughs) A car that I think will be woeful. I think I had that team coming in sixth. But Alonzo's just so good, I think he'll overcome much of that, and I have him at seven. Then Lando. I think Lando is one of the top young drivers. I've said this before. I think there are three great British drivers in Formula One. I think there's a total of only three, in fact. And I think Lando is number two of those three. So (laughs) Lando McLaren, I have eight. Ocon, I have high hopes for the Alpine car. He's steady. He's reliable. He's been with that team for a few years now. He'll have been. I have him at nine. And then Gasly, his new teammate at 10. Another, you know, Gasly's a solid driver. So I, I think he'll come right in and do okay. So let me do a quick recap. Max, George, Charles, Carlos, Luis, Sergio, Alonso, Lando, Ocon, 
Gasly. That's my top 10. Who do you have in your 7 through 10 spot, Patrick? My 7 is Carlos Sainz. Um, I think he's been at Ferrari now a couple years. He's used to it. He's a solid driver. He always seems to do well, but he's not as good as Leclerc. There's always something that I think keeps him from kind of getting over the hump. And I just, I don't see him really outgaining his teammate by much, if ever. He wasn't at all consistent in this season. And I don't see that changing next season either. Then I have George Russell, eight. He's a good driver. I don't see him as one of the top drivers in Formula One. Interesting. Um, He is, I don't know. He did really well this season. I don't want to bash him or anything. I just think I I don't see him being like the next great driver in in F1 and challenging Max at all. I got to say, though, given what you think of Mercedes in 2023, if Russell comes in eighth, to me, that's a failure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i agree but i think lewis does much better than him i think max takes a lot of points away and i think the ferraris kind of squeeze out george a lot from the top five and frankly i think he causes quite a few incidents yeah and i think he still has not figured that out yet he hasn't really been punished for it much which seems weird to me but I don't see that as a good sign. You know, I've always said no one gets their elbows out and wreaks more havoc, but within the rules than Lewis Hamilton. George Russell is learning all the wrong lessons, it seems. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It happened a number of times this season. It's happened a number of times when he was at Williams. And, you know, at Williams, I guess you can kind of excuse it because you're trying to do everything you can just to get one single point but yeah i mean he'll have to figure that out at some point if he wants to compete for championships i think then at nine i have perez i think perez is worse than valtteri botas i am becoming increasingly more frustrated with sergio perez and frankly this season as good as Red Bull was, as dominant as Max was, it was a failure of a season for Sergio Perez. And I believe that next season will be even worse. I think, you know, his first season with Red Bull, with Max, was crazy. It was a chaotic season in 2021. He helped Max win his first world championship. And then I think that's when the pressure really hit him. That team is a really hard place to be when you're the number two driver. And I think, you know, props to him for lasting as long as he has, but I believe he's on his way out. So I have him at nine. And then 10, I have Oscar Piastri. Wow. I think McLaren's going to be good. And I think he's going to do well in his first season. That would be fun to see Piastri. He's so young, and he looks so young, and we have high hopes for him and McLaren, so that would be fun. You have your top 10 for 2023 is Max, Lewis, Charles, 
Fernando, Lando, and Ocan. Signs, Russell, Paris, and Piastri. You know, I think I agree with much of what you said about Sergio Perez. I have him at six only because I think even still in 2023, the top three cars will just be so much better. But, you know, I think them bringing on Daniel Ricciardo as a reserve driver is quite a tell. Yes. <laughs> you know, Christian Horner brought Max along, put him on that team. And since Max has been there, he's chased off every teammate. Chased some of them literally out of the sport and some onto other teams. Sergio has lasted. I think that's Sergio's biggest attribute, his best attribute. He's somehow been able to continue driving that Red Bull car. Almost got it in the second this year while being in that crazy Christian Horner Helmut Marco, Max Verstappen, Red Bull environment. Most seem to drown in that. He's held on. So I think if you are correct and he slips all the way down to nine, I think that will be the end of Sergio Perez in Formula One. And we might be welcoming Daniel Ricciardo back, which would be fun, I think. Let me throw this curveball at you. I like to throw in my American sports metaphors. There are 23 races planned for the 23 season. I think originally it was 24 because of COVID issues. The race in China was canceled. They may not replace that with anything else. Tell me all the winners. How many do you think for example, Max will win. I believe he won 15 this year. How many will Lewis win? How many will Ocon win, for example? Hmm. If you're not ready for that, I'll start. Okay. I'll say Max. He does not equal his 2022 tally. Max wins 11 and Sergio won because the Red Bull is good and over 23 races, we'll see. Next... I will say George triples his total and wins three. And Lewis at Mercedes wins one. 12, 13, 14, 15. We are at 16 races now. All right, seven more to go. Charles wins three. That's, we're at 19, if I'm correct. Okay, I don't think Carlos will win any. So where does that leave us? I've got four more races, so I think Ocon will win one, Gasly will win one, Lando will win one, and the young American at Williams, Logan Sargent. <laughs> I'm going to put a long shot bet well, on Logan Sargent to win not one. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> unless, you never know. I mean, unless. 17 drivers <laughs> do not finish the race. No, I mean, some of these races, I mean, you know, I think the weather was terrible in Singapore and Japan. Uh, you never know. I'm I'm going to go with that. I'm going to hold out hope that Williams could win one, and it's the young American driver, Logan Sargent. Okay. What about you? Let's see. I have Max with eight 
Nice. Checo with none. Oof. Lewis with seven. Wow. I ah, That would be amazing to see Lewis Hamilton winning seven yeah. races next year. Russell with one. Oof. <laughs> seven more to go. Let's see. I have Charles with three. What did he win this year? Was it two or three, I think? Because Ferrari won like, <laughs> like four, right? And I think Sainz won one. So I'm pretty sure he won three. Okay. I think. <laughs> Lando with two? Wow. That would be incredible. Oh, and if you had George, you have George winning one, right? So we've got all British drivers. Well, if we do count Albon. He drives under a tie flag. So yeah, yeah. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> Though that would be pretty impressive if he won one. But you're saying his teammate's going to win one. So. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Let's see. How many is that? That's 15, 18, 19, 20, 21. It's 21. So yep. two more. I will say Alonso wins one. That would be incredible. Has it been a decade, maybe? I, I mean, the yeah, time goes since he by was for with me, Ferrari. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. And then the last one, Piastri wins one. Wow. McLaren winning three, that means. Lando two, Oscar one. That would be amazing. I've got Max winning 11, Sergio one, George three, Lewis one, Charles three. Ocon won, Gasly won, Logan won, and I believe I have Lando winning one. <laughs> you have Max winning eight, Sergio none, Lewis seven, George one. That, I mean, <laughs> eight to zero and then seven to one. That's, that's something there. Charles with three, Lando two, Alonzo one, and Piastri one. Awesome. Those are, those are fun. That's a fun little game to play. Yeah. Another game to play, sort of our positive, happy predictions, and then our awful negative predictions. So <laughs> I'm going to predict real quick that Albon and Logan get along famously well at Williams. There's obviously no pressure to win. There's barely even pressure to get points. They both seem like fine young men. I think they'll get along well. I think... Mick Schumacher, who was unceremoniously dropped by Haas in 2022, will return. Unfortunately, my negative prediction on that one is Ricardo does not. Those are the <laughs> two who both got booted from Formula One this year. I also think it's going to be fun watching Alonso again. I mean, I think that Aston Carr will be at the back of the mid-pack, let's say, but that's all he needs. I think he'll do some real damage with that car, and he's going to be real fun to watch. Any sort of happy, positive predictions for you, Patrick? Well, I think it'll be a fun season, and I, I think this is a, a fun, positive prediction. The championship will be decided in the final race. Ooh. So that will we'll be have fun. an exciting down-to-the-wire season, even at the top. That would be awesome. After 2022, the chaos in the final race there, and then the sort of shockingly 
anticlimactic <laughs> win by Max. I think it was in Japan, right? Where they said, oh, by the way, you're, you're champion. Yeah. <laughs> Be great to have it come down to the final race. And then I'll say all of the teams, even Williams and Haas, score at least 25 points this season. Wow. That is crazy. That's not positive. That's crazy because there's no way Williams. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Logan wins a race, then that's 25 points right, right there. I was going to say, except if my crazy <laughs> bet the house prediction on Logan Sargent at Williams winning one, then you're correct. Some negative predictions, though this isn't really negative because it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> and that is Total Wolf completely loses his iron-fisted grip over Mercedes. Mercedes has had it as easy as any sports franchise has ever had it in the history of sports franchises. At the start of the Turbo Hybrid era, they had Lewis Hamilton, one of the all-time great drivers, and the fastest car in the history of F1. Wins came easy to them. There was never any issues. They won driver championship, constructors championship, year after year after year until Max came along. As I said, Max is the Michael Jordan. He's going to rewrite sort of what we think of as the sort of ferocious focusness of a killer F1 driver. I mean, until that, the only issue they ever had was when Nico, you know, was battling with Lewis. And as soon as he got his championship, he bolted. They've had no issues. It's been so easy. Well, now, 2023, they can't blame, you know, getting the design wrong. They can't blame changes in the new rules. They can't say, oh, they're still licking their wounds from 2021 Abu Dhabi. They're going to have to compete every single race. And even better, their two drivers are going to be truly battling it out every race. I mean, I like Valtteri Botas, but his job was to come in second. George Russell will absolutely not accept that role. So I am looking for a lot of high drama at Mercedes. I'm also looking for the drama at Ferrari to continue, and they will just continue to falter, but in mind-boggling ways like they did this year. You know, they start off the year with a car that was as fast as anyone and Red Bull sort of with multiple DNFs to start the season early on. They should have run away with it and they repeatedly shot themselves in the foot. So I think that's going to be bad in one sense, but fun on the drama sense for those of us who sort of like that sort of stuff. I guess some other bad ones I have, Patrick, are... You know, Williams is still stuck. As I've mentioned before, as much as I believe in the spending cap and the new rules, I think 2023 will still have a sort of a group of three that dominate. You know, I also just think that, whereas you said Lando could win multiple races and Oscar even win a race, I think that car will still be giving McLaren problems and those two do not get along. And so there'll be a lot of unnecessary friction in that young team. What about you? Any other, any other sort of bad predictions or high drama? Yeah, I think that Gunther is going to step down at Haas 
and leave it in complete chaotic disarray. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to get several Drive to Survive episodes out of that. And it's going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not for anyone in that team, but for everybody else, it'll be a good time. I will subscribe to Netflix if this is the case. (laughs) I have another one that is bad, but will be very memeable. I think Yuki becomes the new Latifi and just causes red flag after red flag. (laughs) He just smashes into things, (laughs) completely losing his grip. All the time. Yes, yes. That's that's that one I can believe. Yuki Smash. <laughs> Yuki Smash, exactly. I don't know. I think that maybe Alpine just won't be very good. And Ocon and Gasly will hate each other because they're French and they all hate right. each other. Right. And so, and they'll be bad and they'll hate each other. So there's going to be some fisticuffs in that team, I think. That will be fun. That will be fun to see. We love the drama, you know? (laughs) We love the drama. Any crazy predictions Predictions. I bring this up because I have several, so I'm eager to state all of them. I guess I have a couple. I don't know how crazy it is because we kind of already went over it, but I think Red Bull benches Perez halfway through the season and Ricardo comes in. Oh, that would be the best of all. <laughs> yeah, that I think that's be. my big. That's my big one. Probably. I think nice. the other one that maybe is crazy is that several teams exceed the cost cap by like a lot too. And the FIA comes down hard given like a lot of point penalties. That would be an interesting one because I thought they came down very hard on Red Bull. I thought for the amount Red Bull went over and it being so early in the cost cap era and the way they're doing the accounting the penalties against Red Bull, I thought, were far harsher than the crime. However, I also thought if I had to do just that, which was come down far harsher on the first team that's really screwed up on the cost cap. But, you know, I mean, we're still early days in this, so I, I can see several teams screwing that up. Plus, you know, there's a lot of teams that are the constructors like Mercedes, Ferrari, you know, there's a lot of ways i bet you they can game some of this stuff in in like oh well no no no, that that person that salary is from the you know that's the power unit group that's that's the design group that's you know that's the administrative group you know that where it seems like haas for example can't do so that'll be interesting that that'll be a fun one to see yeah my crazy predictions they're not that crazy i think number one is we start seeing major penalties for causing crashes. You were talking earlier about George seeming to sort of wreak havoc on the track. George has repeatedly taken out rivals (laughs) and cost them major points and only received a five-second penalty. And we discussed this in the past. It's, look, this is either a big deal or it's not. If you cause a crash and take someone out, 
If it's not a big deal, then the race continues. But if it is a big deal, you can't have it be a five-second penalty. Yeah. You know, this is the opposite of the sort of the, the cost cap penalties. You know, <laughs> you're just sort of, you know, well, why not? I mean, it seems worth it at that point to take somebody out. My other crazy predictions, let's see, Liberty Media owns Formula One. They are a corporation. A lot of people think that corporations are focused on profits, on margins, on revenues. They are not. This is a serious mistake that most people make. Corporations are not focused on margins and profits and revenues. They are focused on growth. This is why, for example, you could call to cancel your Serious XM radio subscription that came with your new car, and they beg you to stay, and they give it to you for $5 a month, which is radically below what it costs them. But they can then go tell Wall Street investors and others, big banks, hey, look, we're growing. See, look at our subscriber numbers. Companies demand growth. That is their focus. Liberty Media is a company, a corporation. So, what will be their growth? I think we are going to see, before 2026, 11 teams and 26 races. Holy crap. <laughs> it's, just, it's the only way to keep growing this. They're just go, the, the demands from Wall Street, from banks to keep growing, you, you know, more races. I also think that is why my next crazy prediction is that within a few years, 2026 at the outset, which makes this a pretty easy prediction because no one will remember I said this in 2026. <laughs> but by 2026, all race weekends will include a sprint. I know some people like the sprints. Some people hate the sprints. They are definitely a trying and costly effort by the teams. But again, you want to bring more fans in over the weekend. You want them to pay more money. You want to keep growing interest. I think we're going to see 11 teams, 26 races, and all races will include a sprint. Well, that would just be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. And I sort of touched on this before. You know, Toto has said he thinks that the new rules are helping make the teams more competitive. I do think by 2024, we're going to regularly see five teams and then by 2025, five, six, and seven teams possibly with legit chances to win races every weekend, even in perfect weather. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I think that would be good for the sport. I think if it keeps growing, it's harder on everybody in the sport, I think, but it's better for everybody outside of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to thank you all for listening to everybody's most beloved father and son F1 podcast. I want to remind you that next month's podcast will be our annual Effies. That's where we pick our biggest, our best, our most, our favorite of the 2022 season. And we are Lights Out. See ya. Thanks for listening. Awesome. That was fun, son. So. I had no way to work it into the podcast conversation, but I came up with a definitive ranking of Fast and Furious. Here's what I got. Number one, the original is still the best. It's, it's point break with cars and cool cars. Point break with cool cars. 
which is way better than Point Break with surfing. Well, yeah, because Point Break is stupid. No, Point Break so, is <laughs> among the five greatest <laughs> achievements in cinematic history, Patrick. <laughs> All right? So one and then four. Because four kind of, mm, they figured everything out. Two is Miami, even though Dom is not in it. It's good. It's a solid, fun movie that holds up. Like I said, you can't have a great movie. Once the iPhone came out, Hollywood was lost, and they, they're no longer able to make great movies. But one, four, two, three, Tokyo Drift. A lot of people disparage it. Those people are wrong. They are wrong. They are. Number five, that's when it went all big budget. That's when it went Hollywood, when it went what are those superhero movies? Marvels. The Marvels, like with the yeah, 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 yeah. Superman and the Thor guy. I don't so, think Superman is in Marvel. I think he's right. DC. So five, six, seven, and eight were ridiculous, but they were ridiculous in a fun way. Yeah. Nine and ten I haven't seen, so we have to put them at the end. I'm so, sure nine and ten are more ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I've got one, four, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is definitive. We are not going to discuss this anymore, Patrick. 